0: All right, everybody, and welcome back to LaZap Baseball here on YouTube. You're listening to the voices of Richie Pagnotta and Nick Giamatti. Richie, how's it going today?
1: Yo, I'm good, man. I made myself a kick-ass lunch today, and I'm really proud of it. Um, Super easy. It's like this shrimp and rice thing. Super good. Oh, yeah, you sent me a picture that was really good. Yeah, it was good. Um, But, yo, I mean – I'm, I'm, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm happy because we had the MLB draft and I'm like really upset because of what's been going on in baseball the last day, two days, yeah, three we days. we have a
0: lot to talk about today of yeah. what's been going on in the world of baseball and the draft so Yeah. One good thing and one thing.
1: Yeah. So how you doing, man? Pretty good. Just got back from work.
0: Just had, just uh, crushed some Taco Bell.
1: Awesome. Not a sponsorship. I just like Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> One day we'll get the Taco Bell sponsorship, and we'll be the one day of our lives. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's you know, let's just jump into the draft. So you look at what happened. I mean, you got to remember the Astros forfeited their first and second round pick, and the Red Sox forfeited their second round pick because of the sign stealing scandal from 2017. Um, but and you know, 2018 with the Red Sox. Yeah, thank you. Um, but you know, we had a really fun draft. It was a real good time. Nick and I watched it together. Had a lot of fun. a um, good pizza. Had some great pizza, um, um, burritos and, and wonton. Oh yeah, um, but yeah, you know we'll start things off. I know we got a lot to talk about, and let's just jump right in. The Tigers had the number one overall pick, and they took this slugger Spencer Torkelson. I know you like him a lot, Nick. So what do you think about this pick?
0: Honestly, like I was saying before, um, you know when we were talking before. I said I said this is a a really big pickup for the Detroit Tigers. I mean we're all gonna we're both gonna touch upon different. Uh, Players and what we think they're going to do for teams. I actually focus on the first four mostly because that's the Tigers, the Orioles, the Marlins, and the Royals, who haven't really been the best the past couple of years in the standings in their league. So I think that them picking up uh, the first, the third baseman slash first baseman, you know, on one website it's a third base, the other one actually says first base, so maybe he can play, you know,
1: both. Yeah, I think the Tigers, uh, they drafted him specifically for third base. He played first base. Yeah, school. he's from
0: Arizona State. He could probably play both, but they did
1: specifically
0: yeah. draft him for third base, and I think it's a big pickup for them. I mean, huge. I think, you know, where they have Miguel Caprero, who he doesn't play third, right? He plays...
1: He's at first base, first man, base but
0: DH. he's getting old. Yeah, I think it's time that, you know, the, the Detroit Tigers start to do in a sense what the Yankees have been doing in the past couple years, where they're starting from fresh, and instead of, you know, being an older team, I think that they need to start Kind of clearing house, and taking it from their farm system, and taking it from this guy. I feel like this guy himself can definitely be a big impact on the team, especially since he hit a lot of home runs last year.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, it was just, last year he hit what was it? Cause he hit like forty-eight over two years, and then yeah. this past season, they only got through twelve games and he hit five home runs in twelve mm-hmm. games. That's awesome. You know that I think he's a great pick for them. Like he's going to anchor in the middle of their lineup and make a really smooth transition from Cabrera to him. They're still going to have that power bat. You know, I'm looking at Fangraphs. They got him at 65, 70 raw power. Like that's just insane.
0: And he's young too. He's 20 years old.
1: Yeah, yeah. And They rank these out of a 20 to 80, so it'd be 65, 70. That's insane. That's dope. Um, and you know. He's he's gonna be a, a decent hitter. He's probably he's probably gonna hit two seventy, two eighty. Um, mm-hmm. he's not gonna steal you a, a bunch of bases. His arm is average. His fielding's average, a little bit above average. But you know, this guy's gonna come in. He's gonna hit you forty home runs a year. And he's his, gonna be a monster.
0: His uh MLB player comp- comparison is actually Luke Voigt because they had like the same
1: yeah. I saw type a Vo- of body build. Vo- Vo- Voigt and um. What the house's his name on uh, the Mets? Why can't I think? Of it? Oh, Alonso. Alonso. Yeah. Completely blank. Yeah, they're saying he's a like um, cross between the two of them, and that's insane.
0: I mean, like, this isn't necessarily,
1: like, the Tigers will keep
0: him. You know, it's not 100%. I'm sure they will because he yeah, probably. he's one of the best prospects out right now in the draft. Yeah. So yeah,
1: I'm that's pretty that's sure they not.
0: will hold on to him. But the only uh,
1: way I see them getting rid of him is if, like, he's constantly injured, doesn't pan out, or yeah. – they get offered some like insane mega deal. I don't see them moving him at all. Like I mean yes. he's the number one overall pick for a reason. This but is something as, you build your franchise around.
0: Yeah, as long as he um stays healthy, you know, can play well. I can see him hitting a lot of dingers that I believe is Camerica Park is Tikers, or am I thinking uh, Chicago? No,
1: I'm pretty sure it's Camerica.
0: America Park, yeah. I think he can be um definitely game changer at third base and then they lineup, up maybe if he hits a lo-
1: hits pretty well.
0: You know, his first year up his rookie year, maybe he could be like a five or six hitter in the lineup. Yeah,
1: yeah he's gonna he's gonna be he's gonna be a powerhouse and you know, as long as he just keeps progressing, we'll probably see him if we're lucky we'll see him in the next two, three years and you know, he'll come in and he'll he'll do what Judge and um Alonso did and just go for fifty bombs as a rookie. But you know, I saw uh, a
0: couple of people saying like, Oh, he can come up this year, but one, that's too soon and two, there's not even we don't even know if there's gonna be a season. Which
1: yeah, it's
0: a later right. topic, but yeah, if come up next year or maybe in 2022, he'll he'll be up. I'm sure, he'll get a spring training invite maybe.
1: Yeah, and I know. Um, you like the Orioles pick? Uh, Kerstad. Kerstad. Yeah, Kerstad. Yeah, outfielder. he's an outfielder,
0: and that's definitely what I think. You know, the Orioles have been they've been slacking in a lot of stuff lately. I know they're between their pitching, but like last year, their defensive has been really, very sloppy,
1: <clears throat> very sloppy. Yeah, and they were to fall around bad team.
0: Yeah, I don't know specifically what position he plays in the outfield. It just listed as outfield.
1: Yeah, But honestly, he might be versatile and he could play all over the place. Yeah, but, I mean they had him as a center fielder. So,
0: but think about it, Cameron Yards has right field is, is isn't that far away. It's not, it's not like it's Yankee Stadium. It's close, but it's not like ridiculously far outfield. So I mean, if he can, um, he can rob some home runs. That'd be great too, yeah. especially in like right center. They have like the lower fence.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, also, defend- I, I misspoke. He's a right fielder, not center fielder.
0: Oh, he's a right fielder. Oh, perfect. Then. Okay. I misspoke. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I don't know exactly how, what his arm is. They what, they have him listed as fifty out of.
1: You said was seventy five was eighty. It's out of eighty. They have him listed as fifty fifty. He's got an average. He's yeah. an average guy. Like the best thing about him is like he can turn into a power hitter. He's got like raw power, but and he's gonna hit. For the similar to Torkoal, so they got him 35 55. You know, the only problem here is the Orioles had the second overall pick, and Fangraves has him listed as the seventh best pitcher. And I mean, if you look around on the web, you mean outfielder? Find, yeah, thank you. Um, outfielder, but if you look around online, like you're gonna find he was a middle, middle to the middle first round pick, like he was a reach. The Orioles had the second pick, and they had so many holes on this team. If you wanted to take an outfielder, you could take an Austin Martin, Zach Veen. You want infield. You could have taken Nick Gonzalez or Ed Howard. There were all these players who could have come in. They could have been better. And honestly, well, they I have like, his arm listed as 50-50 right now. Yeah, but he—he's he, not somebody you're going to build your team around. He's no, going be to be—I'm not saying he's
0: going to be a team builder.
1: You know, he, he's definitely when a second, But when you have the second overall pick, you're, you're trying to grab someone who you're going to build your team around. Then you want—that's true. It's
0: not yeah. like the Tigers because that's someone you could probably build your team around.
1: Of course. Torkelson's going to be a major guy Build your team around it. I know last year they got Adley Rutschman, or the year before that. You know, he's turning out to be phenomenal. But, you know, I really would have liked to see them grab a pitcher. I would have liked to see them grab Max Meyer or Ocelis. Ocelis. I would have liked to see that. Um, but that it's like, you know, he, he's got the power potential. But I, I think it's a reach. I think it was taken way too early. Um, I think they could have done better there. Like, I mean, He projects he should be a solid player, but I just don't see him as somebody you build your team around.
0: Well, what brings us to the next person, which is the Marlins. They picked up Max Meyer from uh, Schools, Minnesota.
1: Yeah.
0: I think that was a pretty good pickup from Miami Marlins. And I I think they have been struggling the past couple years, especially with pitching. Yeah. Uh, I don't really know all the big names that are left in their pitching staff.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, they losing Jose Fernandez, lo- yeah, screwed them. And then the massive sell off. And I understand the point of the sell off. It's just stupid. Also, like, you had all these potential players, and you could have been a consistent contender. And, yeah, like, I think the, the Marlins them.
0: could have been a decent team. But you know, they traded J. T. J- Realmuto, J- um, so Stanton, Christian Yelich. Um, pretty sure D. Gordon was on that team too at one point. Yeah, D. Gordon. He got traded um, away. Um what's his Ozona. name is
1: Pet- Hetero-
0: i Hetch Never pronounced his yeah. name right. Um was the Yankees last
1: uh two years ago. Catcher they, the um, they just sent to um catch they just sent to the Phillies. Yeah, JT and Mule. Yeah, him they had they had a they had a solid team, they but did. they they got a massive rebuild out. They clearly couldn't afford everybody, but I I like Max Myers. I mean he's got a really nice fastball, it's between ninety four and ninety eight miles an hour. He's got a wipeout slider. Um, and then he's got a solid changeup in his commands, okay. The only problem is, I don't know if that's really going to solidify him as a starter.
0: Well, he's also yeah. listed as number eight in the ranking.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's eight a overall. There's a couple people that I'd rather take. I got Listen, I'd rather take Osa Lacey. I think he was the best pitching prospect in this class. And the fact that he felt four, I think the, um, the well, Royals he, got a steal.
0: So on Fangrafts, he actually tops at 101. So yeah. he can hit a 100 mile an hour fastball. But he sits between ninety four and ninety eight, like you said.
1: That's why I think um, he's be better suited as a relief pitcher. And I think you don't take a relief pitcher third overall. He doesn't have a curveball though. He has fastball, slider, change
0: up, just his command. CMD oh yeah, sorry, that's command. The my fault. <laughs> my fault. So he doesn't have a curveball. But uh, his command is it it's looks okay. okay. I mean, if you're it's gonna average. Throw, if you're gonna throw high 90s, you have to have constant command. I mean, even Chapman falls in that problem sometimes. I mean, he's been a veteran at this point. He does hit 100, like 605. Yeah. And he can get it down the middle, but he does have that command issue. So as long as this kid can keep his commands or get his command to be better than what it is, I think he could definitely be, maybe in a couple years, if he he stays healthy, you know, when he hits maybe 23, 24, because he's 21 right now, maybe he could be an ace, or your second man in your rotation.
1: Yeah, I think that his ceiling is a middle of the rotation starter. I think he'd be best suited out of the bullpen. I mean, when you come in, when you're coming out of the bullpen, you're throwing 98 to 100. Like that's just fire. It's gas. Then you got know, a nasty slider that's going to keep yeah. people off balance. Like he has the he has the potential to be like the next Chapman. Chapman with that crazy fastball, wipeout slider, and he's got a decent changeup.
0: Yeah, I don't. Um, it says on here right hand pitcher, so I don't know if. Maybe he's just been playing all different positions in college, but yeah, like you said, I would keep him in the bullpen instead of, um, instead of like I said, as a starter at first. And I would just yeah, put him in the bullpen, or, or, or like Mariano Rivera before he was a closer, he was a reliever. I think he started maybe once. Yeah, but you know, put him in the bullpen, see how he is. If he can last more than two innings, then let him start a game, see what he can do. If not, then if he can get the command and the control, then make him close yeah.
1: it. You know, I mean, I, th- I think he, he's going to wind up being pretty good for uh, the Marlins. But, again, like I'd rather have taken Asalisi over him. I think he has this stuff to be one of the best. And, you know what, let's just get into him right now because I'm yeah. excited. Yes. Yeah. The, <laughs> the fourth pick got the best pitcher. Why he fell after two and three, I don't know but they got the best pitcher. They're already comparing this kid to as the next Kershaw. They're saying that he's got um, a crazy fastball. It, I shouldn't say crazy. It's between 93 and 96. It's just solid.
0: Yeah, but he they gave 12, him six, yeah, 65 on it, though. So. Yeah.
1: He tops out at 98. Cool. That's fine. He's got a nasty slider, and then he's got a sick curveball. It's like a great 12 to 6. It just dropped, the bottom drops out. And, you know, it's not as good as Kershaw's, but it's like the best one out of the whole draft class. Um, I think he's got some really solid stuff. And then on top of it, he's got a solid changeup. There's nothing about this kid that's subpar. Everything's at least above average or excellent. Um, I think the Royals did a fantastic job taking him. They didn't have to do anything. They just watched him fall, and they reaped the joys. Uh, So the joy, whatever it is, you know what I'm saying it's fantastic they have a future stud and he's really going to help turn this franchise around
0: yeah honestly out of most of the prospects that we've seen he might i could i can predict out of it probably won't happen (laughs) but uh in my opinion i can predict that he could be one one of the first prospects to actually come up into the league
1: yeah i wouldn't be surprised about that at all no i just hope that they don't rush him because i mean he's still 21 um, I just hope that the Royals don't rush him because the last thing you want to do is rush a young pitcher and then ruin his confidence, and then he fans out. Like, well, especially really. have, if
0: he has, like, a nasty curveball. You don't want to bring him up to the league if he's not ready and then,
1: exactly. and then blow he just, his arm out. Not only that, it's just T-ball for batters. Yeah. A, cur- a curveball or a slider that just doesn't break. That's scary. But I think he's going to be fine. Just give him a, a few years. So now you, I know you wanted to focus on the top four, but I think that um, – the Blue Jays really, really got a great pick out of Austin Martin. By um, uh, the shortstop? Uh, is the it, is it shortstop? Yeah. Yeah, so he's, he's coming out of uh, college, I believe. I think from Vanderbilt. Let me double-check that. Yeah, Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. Um, also, they have sick jerseys in Vanderbilt. I'm
0: all... <laughs> well, you, you got to talk about your highlighter, too, of what team you got bought that from.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll get to that in a second. But, uh, yeah, so Martin, you know um, – fan graphs i got him as a center fielder um but i think he was drafted as a shortstop. um the dude's just a solid hitter like he's above average everywhere um he was already deemed like one of the best pure hitters in the draft coming into it and the only thing that really separated him and torkelson was torkelson just has massive power and from what we've seen over the last couple years with judge and stanton and alonzo like power's huge like He's also
0: two hundred twenty pounds, and he's six foot one.
1: Yeah, and you know, you you look at Judge, you look at Stanton, you look at Alonso, and all three of those teams just rode the power bat of those players into the postseason, um, yeah. or even close, just close to. Him. I don't think the Marlins made it. Um, when they did I don't remember if the Mets did last year. I think they were like close or so I mean, they made the playoffs. Yeah,
0: I don't think either they made the playoffs last year.
1: Yeah, but they kept they kept them in the race.
0: Yeah, they were not in the race, but they, yeah. I, I think they fell short.
1: Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think Martin's just going to be one of those solid hitters that we're going to see who hits consistently 300, 25-plus home runs, might steal you 20 bases. Um, I'm really excited for him. And as a Yankee fan who's going to have to watch him in two, three years just run all over us, I'm not really too happy about that. But, you know, you him, you, you pair him with Vlad Jr., and I'm excited that's going to be a really, really fun team. Yeah.
0: Also, uh, really quick, back to uh, Asa Lacy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's 6'4", 215 pounds. So it's power. That is it's a lot power. of light power right there coming off of him. But, yeah, I think you're right. I think Austin Martin is definitely a great pickup. Yeah. Uh, uh, he went a fifth overall.
1: He was the second-best hitter. He went fifth overall, and you had Kirsten go in front of him. I mean, I mean, you had Meyer and Lacy go, which I think is fine but he was the second-best hitter in the whole draft. I mean, he yeah. falls to five. It's fantastic. It's, you know, they did a really, really good job, Blue Jays. Um, and I know, you know, I know you want to talk about Austin Wells, but let's talk about the player who went before him for New York, uh, Pete Crow Armstrong. Now, now, a lot of the uh, Met fans are still a little bit sour over trading Jared Kalenick, um, Kalenick whatever his name was, um, uh, last nope. offseason. He, he was a prospect that they did for the Cano and Diaz deal.
0: Oh, okay,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was like the headliner, and Mets fans really weren't too thrilled, especially after how bad the closer was. Oh, Edwin Diaz. Yeah. So they went. They they drafted Crow Armstrong, and you know when I was first looking at him, like "Ah, he's gonna hit for average, like he doesn't have that much power. Um, then I'm like, oh, damn, like this guy's fast, and he's got the best fielding in the, the best fielder in the draft. I think the Mets, you know they're a real fun team just to rag on because they play second field to the Yankees. They're cheap. They have terrible deals. I think they just had to pay that. um, Who, who, what's the contract? Who who do they have to pay like once every year for 20 years? I can't remember his name right now, but it's a really, really bad contract that they made in the nineties and they're still paying for it today. Um, They're just a a poorly run organization. And, you know, Brody came in and he really is starting to turn things around and, People laughed at him because he seemed like this like California hippie type guy, but he's, he, he should get some credit here. He, he got the Mets uh, Crow Armstrong and he's going to be their center fielder for years to come, solid arm, solid range. And he's just fast. He's going to be their leadoff hitter. Um, Maybe he'll hit you 15 home runs um, if you're lucky, but he'll probably hit you 300 to 310 and he's going to steal you like another 20, 30 bases. I think he's going to be a real fun player to watch and, you know, Pair him. you got Alonzo, you got Neil Walker, you still got DeGrom and Syndergaard. You have a solid base. You know, they're trying to get Cespedes back. There was talk he'd be ready for this year, but looks like we're going to be waiting to see Cespedes next year. It's
0: been a while um, since we saw have a solid team. What? What'd
1: you say? You're lagging. I didn't hear anything you did. Uh, <laughs> What
0: was the last thing you, you said? Like the Mets have a solid team?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, between Cespedes and, you know, you still got, uh, you got Cespedes, you got Alonzo, now you got this kid in a few years, you got Neil Walker, you got Syndergaard, you got DeGrom, you got Diaz. Alonzo, can have now. a repeat season? Yeah. The only, well, no, Syndergaard's not, see not see there anymore. Syndergaard's out for the year. It's out for the year, but there's no baseball this year. <laughs> so, but, I'm not really but, worried. But
0: um, he might still be out a couple months of next year, because they announced him late for this year. Yeah, Whereas, I mean, hey, if he has an Aaron Hicks type of surgery where he can bounce back quick, because Aaron Hicks is already taking batting practice, didn't then that's Tommy great. Tommy, I mean, obviously, they're two different specs. One's oh, in
1: the guard yeah. getting Tommy John.
0: Yeah, they both got Tommy John.
1: I mean, one's a center fielder, it, one's a pitcher. It's, it's so, it's different, so different for a hitter to come back from Tommy John.
0: Yeah,
1: I mean, I mean so I'm not worried about him coming back from it. I just like. He's going to be out for all of this year. He probably won't be back. And they until traded a, Wheeler
0: too into the Phillies, so it's just really. And they let him
1: go in free agency, which was dumb. Um, but I think I think the Mets have a solid core, and I think you know they're going to keep competing and they're going to really work out. And I think that Crow Armstrong is a really, really good pick for them. And yeah, I know you really like the Yankees' uh, pick, Austin Wells. So, what do you want to say about him?
0: Yeah, I mean, I keep seeing people all over the line saying the legend Austin Wells. Let us let me just say something. Look, he might be a great player, but he's still he's got a long way before he becomes a legend. I mean, there's players in the Yankees right now who still aren't legends yet. Yeah. I mean, you can't just name someone a legend just because they got drafted from the Yankees. I mean, the Yankees might not even keep him. They might just trade him. You never know. That. Anyway, he's going to be a legend of the the Cubs or the White Sox, you know that's a, hey, hey, he still might be a great player. And I think that it was a great pickup for the Yankees, you know. I know they have uh, Kyle Hish. I'm going to – Josh Yoga? Yes. You know, he's going to be the backup catcher this year. They're going to have Sanchez um, behind the plate. I shouldn't say this year. That's going to be, the, you know, catching catcher. Uh, the two catchers right there, whether it's this year or next year. But, you know, say – Sanchez gets hurt again, that I miss Kyle every day. You don't have Austin Romine anymore. Austin Romine is now on the Tigers. So who Roman. is your backup catcher? I mean, I know they they uh, signed uh, Chris I- Iannetta from the Rockies on the offseason. I-, I haven't heard any news from him, so I don't know if they officially gave him a contract or if he's in, if they put him down the minors if he made the 40 man roster. But if he's not there. And this kid, if you can make this kid ready, then he could come up, have a rookie year, and then show what he's got. You know what I mean? Until Sanchez gets back, he could be the secondary catcher. He doesn't have to play all the time. I mean, if Kyle can do it, then, you know, have him like one game every you know, week or two and see how he can do. But I think the Yankees actually did need a catcher at this point, someone who's young, someone that they can train. Um, instead of just going out and signing one-year one year contracts of random catchers who are old. I don't I don't really feel that is going to work. I think you need someone who's going to be homegrown, kind of like Gary Sanchez was when he was in the Yankees organization for a couple of years and they brought him up.
1: Yeah, I, I get all that, but there's a lot of things I disagree with. Um, they already have a young catcher in their system, and, you know, unfortunately, he's gone through some crazy injuries. So two years ago, they drafted, I think his name was Anthony Volpe um mm-hmm. switch hitting catcher and he was in college or high school He was a switch throwing pitcher i like think he could throw the ball with both hands he could swing the bat on both sides like and he was like gonna be solid he is unfortunately he broke his uh his kneecap or something like that uh fouled a ball off of it i think he tore his acl or ucl or something ending in l <laughs> one of his ligaments he's unfortunately gone through some tough times and been hurt um so well, it makes sense in that aspect to take him that you have a solid backup just waiting. But he, he doesn't wow me. I mean, you're not going to get a wow-type player at 28 overall. Um, but there's also talk that the Yankees don't even plan to keep him behind, uh, behind home plate.
0: He's also listed as a first baseman.
1: Yeah, so there's talk that they might flip him to first. Um, they might even throw him in the outfield. But, um, I mean, look, Bryce Harper came out. He was a catcher. And they put him in the outfield yeah. because they didn't want to ruin his career because of his knees. So maybe Let's that's what it is. the
0: back, Jorge Posada was a second baseman. Yeah. And the Yankees changed him to catcher during uh, spring training.
1: Yeah. So it's just, you know, they say he calls an okay game and they are saying it's something that could be worked on. And, you know, one of my favorite things about Sanchez is he's a really, really good pitch framer. And he gets a lot of calls that a lot of other catchers don't get. And the uh, pitching coach they brought in is really going to help him improve upon a thing that he's already great at. Um, so they're saying that this Wells guy is not going to be so great at that. And on top of it, they're saying, like, with the future of robot umps and a, um, uh, electronic strike zone, or whatever they want to call it, um, it might be a problem. So he's probably better suited for first base or the outfield. He's got some power. Um, he's probably be a guy who hits 275 and maybe hits you 20 home runs. He's got decent speed. Um, he's just an okay player. He doesn't wow me. But it is what it is. And real quick, I'm going to get into uh, two of the picks, I think, were the dumbest picks in the draft. Um, all right, let me make sure I get everything right. So the Red Sox picked at 17. They drafted second baseman out of high school, Nick York. He... I don't really know why they took him. He's ranked 139th overall. This was the 17th pick. They could have gone in a number of directions and gotten some kind of value, something that would make sense. So the thing with baseball that's really difficult to understand, and it's very confusing, every draft pick has an assigned value. And you can go up to 5% over it. And anything above that, then you like forfeit future draft picks. But you can also sign players for under that. And whatever, say that the player's worth the, let's say the, uh, what is this, the 17th draft pick. Let's just say that draft pick's value is $5 million. You can sign him to a $2.5 million contract. And that $2.5 million you save, you can allocate to other players that you draft in the second, third, fourth, fifth, and so on. So that's how that works. When they took him into the world, that's what everyone was going to happen. The Raptors then played a very safe draft. They didn't overdraft anybody. They didn't take anybody who was a big steal, or they had to compete with other offers, or the guy might have gone back to college. They didn't have to worry about that. So to take this kid, it's weird. Now ownerships come out and they said, you know, this kid's got a great bad. We love him. We can't see. We can't wait to see what he's going to do. He's going to be, you know, just fantastic. I don't see it. I think it's a reach. They could have done way better. There was so much more value on the board. It's uh, it could have taken him in the second, third, fourth round if that's what you're really gonna do. But then the Rangers, um, yeah, you know, the Rangers. Sorry, I'm so flip and flop between football and baseball <laughs> lately. But the Rangers in the second round, they went and they drafted Evan Carter, who wasn't even part of Baseball in America's top 500. What are you doing? <laughs> it's such a waste of a pick for a team. Like these picks are gold. Not all of them turn out to be fantastic, and there's a lot of them that are going to bust. I mean, look at the Yankees who have had pride in themselves on like, such a, a prolific farm system for the last few years. And Brian Cashman traded them all away, and every player they traded away wound up sucking. And we got so much value out of it. So it's – I love it. But you never know with these picks, and that's the thing that people are always like, just trade the va- trade the pick, trade the pick um, – sorry, trade the player because you don't know who he is, and then take the established vet. And do that, and you know when teams are doing this, and you're taking a guy that's not even top top 500, it kind of like questions like, what are you doing as an organization? Do you know how these work? This guy that you took was probably I don't have up the screen, but he's top 80. If you have a top 80 pick. There's a really high chance he's going to go to the majors. Not this kid, who unfortunately was not even ranked top 500. And listen, I'm no rankings expert. I don't watch a lot of college baseball, especially I don't watch high school baseball, and it's really difficult to scout baseball. So I just go off of what I'm reading. The kid could be good, but I think the Rangers really messed up when you had this really valuable draft pick and you just essentially threw it away. But that's just my thoughts on two of the um, lesser draft picks. Mm-hmm. Um, but listen, for their sake, for their organization's sake, I hope I'm wrong and that they all make me eat my words and that they all turn out to be perennial all- all-stars. They're going to win a World Series
0: in a couple of years with the camera and go, Richie, this one's for you. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> you
1: know, when I'm
0: um,
1: I want to show off my hat real quick. Got to love it. You got George Washington popping a <laughs> bottle. <laughs> <laughs> It is um, the Washington Senators, the uh, Nationals minor league organization. If you guys ever need, like, a really fun, cool, like, baseball cap. Yeah, to check out. that out
0: because I kind of want to look into them
1: too. Yeah. Check out minor league caps. Just literally Google minor league baseball hats and your world's going to be blown. I went on to it on the website and I almost bought 10 hats by- alone. I got a really, really cool um, – uh, what's the Mets team in Brooklyn? Why can't I think of the name? Cyclones? Thank you. Yeah, a really cool Brooklyn Cyclones one. It's white with uh, lines going across, and it's a hot like an, a hot dog with like the old time vendor hats and stuff. That's cool. cool. It's cool. It's fun. It's just a little bit too small, but it, it, they're fun hats. So if you guys want like want a fun hat for the summer, they got bright colors. They got regular colors. They got like old school hats. It's it's a real cool thing. Yeah, I'm gonna look into that because uh, I want to get
0: a cool hat. Yeah, totally.
1: But let's get to the uh, some sad news of what happened. Yeah.
0: So um. Look, I don't think the we don't think there's gonna be a season this year, and that's not me and Richie saying no. There's no season. It's just the way things have been going the past couple of weeks, and honestly, the past couple days, because a lot has been changing. Um, you know, Rob Man for the commissioner came out last week saying he hundred percent thinks there's gonna be a season, and yesterday he came out saying, yeah, I don't really think that's gonna happen.
1: Before. Yeah, that actually
0: upset a lot of fans and a lot of players. Now, a lot of players have reached out and said to Rob Manford, the ball's basically in your court. Let us know when the season starts, where to meet,
1: and how's this going to happen.
0: And a lot of owners, there's uh, eight owners out of 30 teams now who are saying that they don't want the season to happen at all.
1: Yeah, I'm going to give you guys a quick, dirty rundown of what's been going on. So back in March, spring training was going on. Everything was happy. And then an NBA player tested positive for coronavirus, so every sports league and world, well, in America, paused all their seasons no matter where they were except for football because it was the off offseason. Um, spring training was put on hold, and the players and the, um, players and the owners um, very shortly after agreed to a 50-50 revenue split, which essentially said that, okay, players, let's say we cut the, the season in half, you're going to get half your salary at the entire half. Like, don't worry about it. It was like, that makes sense. If we're only playing 82 games, we only deserve half paycheck. That's fair. Since then, there's been numerous negotiations back and forth, back and forth, with um, players offering 114-game season, owners offering 70 to 80 games, back and forth, and the players, all the players want is to be paid for every game they play, and every time the owners come back and say, okay, well, we'll give you 70 games, and we're going to give you 70% of that pay for that 70 games. So players are pissed. They're like, absolutely not. Why would we take anything less than the amount we agreed to? The owners are essentially reneging on their offer. Now, the owners also realized, okay, well, in the CBA, the commissioner has the power to mandate um, a shortened season, and the the shortest amount he can mandate is a 48-game season. And the owners realized, okay, I'm just going to make up numbers because the numbers are really too big. Let's just say for 48 games – you realize that you um, would pay everybody a million dollars and you wouldn't be losing any money. But if you played 114 games and you agreed to pay everybody their full salary, which was $10 million, you're losing $9 So the numbers are a lot bigger than that. But what the owners did was they said, okay, well, if we can only afford to pay a million without losing money, okay, we'll offer you like an 80-game season, but that's going to be 60% pay or 70% pay. The owners did it so they could cover their ass and they could say, okay, this is still going to be a million dollars, but we're going to spread it out over a longer term and make it look like it's more money when it's really not. So the players aren't stupid. The Players Association is full of such smart lawyers and competent people who who see what's going on. So players never agreed to any of this. Now it comes out that the MLBPA is furious because they knew all along the owners were going to just keep – pushing this and pushing this. They wouldn't come to any kind of an agreement and they would eventually get the 48 game season. The owners want so that they can save money. And knowing that the players association is like, no, you're negotiating in bad faith. You have no intention of coming to the negotiation table, actually negotiating a deal and saying, okay, let's, you know, come and meet in the middle. They had no desire to do that. So now whether or not we have a season, whether it's 48 games or zero, the NFL, the MLB PA is going to uh, file um, a grievance. And essentially that means they're going to take the MLB to court and the court's going to decide, okay, were you in good faith negotiating? If not, this is what you have to do and you're in trouble now. So it looks like that's what's happening because in a letter, um, it was a, I forgot his name, but it was an LA Times uh, sports writer yesterday. He tweeted out that the MLB sent a letter to the Players Association saying, listen, we'll give you – um, a 48-game season, but the only way that's going to happen is if you agree to waive any future grievance against the MLB. The Players Association is never going to do that because the owners know what they did was wrong. They knew they had no intention to negotiate in good faith. They only wanted to do a 48-game season if they couldn't have fans in, and it's it's just sad. Like you said, like you said, Manfred came out last week and said 100% we're going to have baseball this year. And then yesterday, hmm, I don't think it's 100% we're going to have it. And the fact that that letter went out, if it's true, there's going to be no season. All the players at this point are just like, just tell us when to show up. What we want to play, just tell us when and where to go.
0: Bryce Harper tweeted
1: that. Yeah, Bryce, a few players did. It wasn't just him. Scherzer's pissed. And he has every right to be. Every player should be. Honestly, if
0: if I'm a player who only signed a year contract with a team or a team that I've been with a long time, like say like, they re me a year, or I just
1: signed a year with another team, I'm
0: pissed off because if there's no season, then I have to sign with another team or negotiate a new contract with you.
1: I'm very interested to see how that's going to play out, though. I don't necessarily – Do you think that they're going to say, oh, the contract didn't last, 2020, it's going to end end of 2021? See, I don't – see, that's what I, I don't know about yet, that I'm sure it says in the contract it says for the 2020 season. There's no 2020 season, so what's going to happen? Is that is that going to get pushed a year? Because none of these players are getting paid. Yeah, no one's getting paid, so the contract hasn't been paid. So what's going to happen? Like, look at that's going to be
0: a that's going to be a whole big thing. If there's no season, it probably won't happen now. That's probably going to happen during the winter meetings. It's, it's, it's going
1: to be a whole it's going to be a, a whole, whole mess. big mess. Baseball dropped the ball, and you know they they're taking a big black eye right now. And at first, you Doesn't know like, you could go back and forth, and you could argue, okay, maybe the players are in the wrong, maybe the owners aren't back and forth. But if you weren't on the players' side to begin with. You are now because the owners have ruined baseball for the year. And, and it's,
0: you know, it's, it's embarrassing as a fan yeah, to see so your
1: sport do that. And, you know, it's really sad because there's nothing going on. And there's barely any, any – not barely. There's nothing. There's nothing happening. There's no football practices. There's no mini camps. NBA's maybe coming back because now the players are pissed off about the whole Black Lives Matter movement. And some of them don't want to play and they want to support that. So baseball really had a a, a time to shine. They could have been like, okay, we're going to come back. We're going to be back July 1st. We're going to get the season going. We're going to be the only sport going, and people are going to be hyped. And they they fucked up. I'm sorry. Excuse the language. Explicit. Um, They messed up. They could have, you know, brought in so many new fans, and the money they lost this year. They're they're going to lose a
0: lot. You're going to lose a lot of fans.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, not like, like – fans not watching like, at home, like fans who are going to want to come to the ballpark, aren't. you're going to lose revenue there.
1: Yeah. And listen, I, I will say this. I mean, whether no matter what the league is, you're going to sell out games. Whether you got people who are against protest or people who don't want to come to because of coronavirus, people who don't want to come because they're angry at the owners, people are still going to come. Yankees team is still going to sell 40,000 plus tickets a day. I'm not worried about that. The owners are going to make their money back, and you know every team's upcharging everything next year. Ticket mm-hmm. prices are going to be higher. Hot dogs are going to be more expensive. Um, it's it's ridiculous, and it's just sad. But another reason, all the, oh, the players, like everyone's probably like, well, why wouldn't the players just take the 70% to 80% of the deal? Like, okay, we get it. It's not the full amount, but that's still a lot of money. The problem with that is it opens Pandora's box, that the MLB is one of the only teams in the league in, the world, the America, that doesn't implement a salary cap, which that everything should. what's up,
0: which they should
1: ah, uh, I don't know, you know, players, they all work hard, and you know, you look at some of the leagues where they do have a salary cap, and it's like, look at basketball you have power, you have these mega power teams and it's like what, yeah. it doesn't make the, yes. fun, the sport fun, and a bit. you say that, look at the Yankees, they always sport a power team, and they have all this money, and it, for baseball uh, it is difficult because if you don't have a top market team, like you don't have the money. Like, look at the Royals. Like, we talked about it last week. The Royals couldn't afford to pay their players, where the Yankees could. Um, so no, I know. I'm a fan of them not having the salary cap because I think it makes things a little bit more interesting. And I mean, with how players' deals have been in recent years, it's not possible for there to be a salary cap. I mean, you got Garrett Cole making how much? 340 million, something like that. It's
0: 326.
1: 326. That's more than the cap space allotted to each NFL team. like Each NFL team, I think this year, was like $200, 210000000 He's making more than the salary cap. <coughs> but, sorry, if the players gave in and they said, okay, we'll take 80%, now the owners have every bit of authority come and say, okay, no, in the next CBA, we're putting in the salary cap and we're going to not pay you guys as much as you deserve. Yeah. So, it's just... It's it's a mess. I think I think
0: we're I know we said we said it's a uh, last week, but I think this is the official week when we're going to find out what's the final answer. I think it's it's going to at this point. I think it's looking more towards uh, us not having a season this year. But if Rob Manfred come out and save it, honestly, if, if it's 48 games, it's 48 games at this point. I'll take that over nothing. And just I wouldn't even do a playoffs. I what's the what's the point? Just There's no, have no point. Have a little fun season and that's it.
1: It's just, it's a mess, and I think yesterday was really the nail in the coffin, and um, I saw, I think it was Pat McAfee, who, if you don't listen to Pat McAfee, everybody listen to his podcast. He is fantastic. Former Colts punter, who decides to retire at 30, and went to go with Barstool, and then he made his own brand, and he's awesome. Um, I believe it was him, oh no, I'm sorry, it was Jeff Passan of ESPN, was saying that MLB is dead. And in order for it to come back, it has to be like a phoenix. It has to die and rise from its ashes. Um, Manfred has made a fool out of himself and the sport for the better part of this past year. I mean, I don't want to get into it too much, but I mean, you got the whole sign-stealing scandal. He did terrible punishments. He can't decide what's happening with the league right now. (coughs) Excuse me. Water. Um and now the possibility of covering up the Yankees. And there's even talk about him covering up HGH use by Trout. Um, he's been an awful commissioner. He needs to see the door. And he, and if he doesn't, he needs to get a control on the league and really just you know, use his authority and lock it up. Yeah. Um, I think this might be the end of Manfred. When his contract's up, I don't think we'll see him back as the commissioner.
0: He definitely uh, dropped the ball the past year and a half.
1: It's been bad. It's been really, really bad. And the sport that was finally coming back after the brutal '90s and early 2000s steroid allegations yeah. in the in the lockout, but between all that, like you know, he's, the league was finally starting to look good. You had all these young players who were breaking records left and right, who were making the game fun. You have all these fun celebrations and handshakes, and they make the All Star Game fun, the Home Run Derby fun, and they're making yep. they, they're making the game better. And now. We're all deprived a year of that, and we don't really know when we're going to see it again, and it's really sad.
0: And you can't blame this on the coronavirus because, yeah, it, it delayed the season the first two months, but it did not delay a whole season yeah, at all. It
1: could have been a season. They had parameters set up in place for testing and uh, no fan interaction and no fans in stadiums. But they honestly, had a thing set up, and it could have worked, and the owners just were too cheap. And it was just a ticking time
0: in- bomb waiting to happen.
1: Yeah, and listen, as much as we want to blame all of this on Manfred, it's really the owners. Yeah, the owners are cheap. These owners are multi-billionaires with money coming out of their ears and they're refusing to pay, for them, pennies on the dollar. And it's, you know, it's really, really sad.
0: Uh, before we end, I just want to say, um, unfortunate news is that the former Cy Young Award winner um, just had my phone and now it went away. Perfect. Um... Hold on, I'll bring it back up. I just had it and it glitched out in one way. <laughs> uh, former Cy Young Award winner, uh, Mike McCormack, died uh, age 81 of Parkinson's news. news? No, no, I said terrible news. Why would that be good uh, news? I, I, said, don't know, I thought you said good news. I'm like, this is No, so awful. I said unfortunate news. I didn't say it's good news. Um, he was a Giants pitcher in 1967 where he won the Simon Award. So, you know, rest in peace. Um, still a great accomplishment though in your career to have a Cy Young Award. That's one of the highest awards as a pitcher
1: yeah. to achieve
0: during the season. So, but uh, that does bring to conclusion of today's uh, episode. You know, thanks for listening in or watching. If you're on YouTube right now, you check us out on Spotify, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. Uh, we, we did have a poll going last week of, you know, who would you rather have, Derek Jeter, Vlad, or Vlad Guerrero? Or Pedro Martinez between those three, who'd you rather have on the Yankees? Um, I did get a bunch of votes on Instagram for Derek Jeter. Uh, couldn't get a poll on Facebook, but did you? I know you had one on Twitter. Did you get any votes on it?
1: Yeah, um, let me see what that actually finished at because when I looked at it the other day, it was like sixty percent, forty percent. So I actually... Oh, I'm sorry, my mistake. I got three votes
0: um, for. You know, the trade Jeter for Vlad Guerrero and Pedro, um, and two votes for Derek Jeter. So, Instagram people voted for Derek Jeter to be traded to the Expos.
1: Wait, what? Traded to the Astros? Expos. Oh, Expos. Hold on. Um, all right, we had four votes and it went 50 50. <laughs> all right, so two for, Jeter, two for Pedro and Vlad. All right, so
0: I guess we're not, we're never going to know who, um, who won that bet? I mean, we got an extra vote for Vlad and Pedro, but in the future we'll try to do more polls. If you guys like it, let us know. Um, yeah, nice, know I Check us out. We're
1: all over. We're Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, uh, YouTube, Spotify, anywhere else you can find podcasts. We're, uh, we use Anchor, so our podcast is mainly put on Spotify, and hopefully soon it'll be on iTunes, but it's also on these really, really random websites that we've never heard of, but look them up and check us out.
0: Yep. Check us out every week at ten thirty.
1: Um every Wednesday. You know, yeah,
0: every Wednesday. That's where the videos will be posted for our podcast. And like you said, through Anchor, it spreads out through a couple of different streaming sites. Uh mostly Spotify right now and you know Apple Music in the
1: future to come. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in and we'll talk to you next week. Have a good one. Sure. Peace.